0: Brianna Taylor. Have you said her name? I encourage you right now, even if you have to pause this, to stop what you're doing and say that name out loud. Say it with your mouth. Say it where you can hear it. Say her name. Brianna Taylor. As long as somebody is a hashtag, as long as somebody is a trending topic, as long as someone is abstract and we don't actually say, their name. As long as somebody is a statistic, as long as somebody is a news story, they're not real to us. And today, I need Brianna Taylor to be real for you. This is Sean King, and you are listening to the, the, the Breakdown. The, 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 the Breakdown. The, 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 the Breakdown. I'm from Kentucky, uh, born and raised. I know some people think I'm from Brooklyn. (laughs) Some people think I'm from New York. Uh, This is where we live and work and have been for the past several years. Uh, But I've lived in California. I lived in Atlanta and went to Morehouse and lived in Atlanta for almost 20 years. But I was born and raised in Kentucky. And there's something particularly painful and real when a case of police brutality, of police violence, of white supremacist violence, when it takes place in, a, in an area of the country, of the world, that you're seriously familiar with. I, I know Louisville. I know Kentucky. And I go back there often. My wife and I are both from there and have family there. And I've been to Louisville Countless times, including just this past year, and when I learned that almost a month ago, to this very day on March thirteenth, in the height of the pandemic, that a woman named Brianna Taylor, who was an essential worker, literally an EMT working at two different hospitals. With coronavirus patients. I spoke to her family yesterday. Her sister. Her dear sister. Who loved her and lived with her. Her aunt. Her aunts. Her mother is at a point where she is so distraught. That she is struggling even to do this work. And of course she is. Brianna and her family. Moved. To Louisville, twelve years ago, searching for better economic opportunities, for better jobs, for a better living, and they loved it. They told me yesterday that Louisville had been good to them, that they had thrived and excelled and and succeeded, and felt good about the community that they were a part of. And the whole family, as you can imagine was exceedingly, abundantly proud of Brianna, who had chosen from the day she graduated high school to be a service worker. She worked with uh, children with disabilities as soon as she graduated high school. She was dreaming to become a nurse and was currently serving as an EMT at two different hospitals in the city and her family told me that they were all terrified that she was going to contract the coronavirus and that she would she would die from the coronavirus and of course it was a fear she is a a, a first responder during one of the deadliest pandemics in modern american history and the family was deeply concerned they knew that she was taking all the precautions she needed to take to be safe. But they were deeply concerned that in doing the work she was doing, that it would be dangerous for her. And never in a million years did the family ever consider that not the coronavirus, but police violence, would take out their daughter, their sister, their loved one who was pure joy, pure peace, pure goodness. You won't find a single cross word on the internet anywhere about Brianna Taylor, not from her neighbors, not from the people who lived in the apartment complex to the left or right or below her or above her. I've checked. You won't find a family member a friend, a classmate, a colleague who will tell you anything other than she was wonderful. She had a servant's heart and wanted to always be on the front lines of helping people. And in the middle of the night, on March 13th, at the height of the pandemic, as she slept in her bedroom, in her home, What she did not know and could never have known is that right outside of her home, just a few blocks away, a rogue renegade task force of the Louisville Metro Police Department was gathering to bust into her home to arrest a suspect in a drug raid that they had already arrested at a different home in a different neighborhood. Let me explain to you what I just said. At the wrong house, at the wrong apartment complex, in the wrong neighborhood, police, having already arrested the person they were looking for, In the middle of the night, dressed not in SWAT gear, but plain clothes, street cars, street clothes, dressed as everyday people, prepared to barge into her home in the middle of the night in a drug raid. Now, let me say for many of you who aren't aware of this, but many of us are calling and have been calling. For drug raids in general, to end. They are routinely dangerous. I have seen children be killed in them. I have seen grandparents be killed in them. I have seen people who they were intending to arrest for a nonviolent drug crime be shot and killed. Someone who had not been charged, not been convicted, who was supposed to be presumed innocent. Until proven guilty, I have routinely in so-called drug raids seen people shot and killed. Why do we ever need to barge into someone's house in the middle of the night to arrest them for a drug crime? Can you not just wait outside of the home until they leave? What are you doing? A lot of this is about the militarization of police and police fantasy where they literally love the thrill of what they do and put themselves and put entire neighborhoods in harm's way in the name of arresting a random man for a nonviolent drug crime. What? And sure enough, at nearly 1 a.m. on March 13th, not a single person in the entire neighborhood heard the police walk up heard the police even knock on a door or heard the police announce themselves when suddenly they began ramming the door down barged into the home of Brianna Taylor and fired we know now at least 28 shots they fired so many bullets. I spoke to f- family attorney Benjamin Crump yesterday that shell casings were found in three different homes in the apartment complex. Brianna's sister, who was 20 and lived in the apartment, but just so happened to be in California at the time, her bedroom. Was riddled with bullets, she surely would have been killed. And we know that Brianna was shot at least eight times. But speaking to the family yesterday, they said the funeral home told them that her body was riddled with bullets and bullet holes, and that eight was only an estimate. When police barged into her home, her boyfriend, Believing that it was an armed robber, he called the police himself. Believing that someone was barging into their home, Brianna, who was asleep and got up with her shirt off, is then shot and killed, riddled with bullets by police. And her boyfriend, who is a legal gun owner, let me repeat myself, owns a legal firearm, And has no drug crimes, no drug history, no violent crimes, no gun crimes. Neither does Brianna. They are legal, law abiding citizens, good people, contributors to society. Barely got away himself without being shot and killed. He thought in that moment that he was being robbed and was prepared to shoot and kill those who were barging into his home. That's literally why he owned a firearm. We are the only country in the world that has more guns than people. But what we learn over and over and over again is that those guns are primarily meant for a certain person. They're not meant for black people to protect themselves, not from those who would cause harm, like the police or anybody else. So here this man is with a legal firearm, He is also shot at but survives the shooting and is calling the police on his own phone, believing that someone, for some crazy reason, was trying to kill them. It's an abomination. And I went back and read the pitiful news articles from local news sources there in Louisville. For days on end, they called Brianna a suspect, a suspect in a drug crime they arrested her boyfriend who committed no crime who broke no law who did nothing wrong who who likely only wishes he had been able to do more to protect the woman he loved the whole family loves and respects him we move from brutal case to brutal case and I've had, and many of you are listeners from all over the world, and I've had people reach out to me from all over the world, black and white people alike, saying, Sean, in our country, we absolutely, in their country, that they absolutely have systemic racism. Says said, Sean, no, no doubt we have some incidents of brutality But the level and frequency of what we deal with in the United States takes their breath away. From Ahmaud Aubrey to Breonna Taylor, let me give you our action steps for today. Here's what I know, and it's a painful reality. That I've been knowing, that you've been knowing, that any justice that we're ever going to get, we're going to get it because we fought for it. We're going to get it because we organized ourselves, built and created the systems to demand justice. It doesn't just come naturally. When I spoke to the family and their attorneys yesterday, an enormous part of our frustration was that the city of Louisville is dominated by Democrats. As a Democratic mayor, the state of Kentucky now has a Democratic governor. And the family told me that they can't even get a phone call from anybody. They can't get answers. They can't get compassion. They can't get any insight. Nothing. And so, forgive me for those of you who get frustrated when I critique the Democratic Party, because here, People, including myself and my own family, have worked hard to vote Democrats in office in Louisville, in Kentucky. And now when we need them, we don't see them. Now when we need them, we can't hear from them. Now, of course, I'm not saying that Republicans would be better, but I am saying, as crazy as it sounds, that at least Republicans have called the family of Ahmad Aubrey been responsive when we demanded it. Now, it took months to get that response. And I'm hoping that we can do for Brianna and her family what took months to happen for Ahmad, I'm hoping we can do in a few days. If you go right now to Stand With B R E that's com. That's where we're assembling. We're officially launching tomorrow. Go there, sign up, get ready to join our team, and we're launching tomorrow. We'll have action steps. We'll have a new phone dialer. We'll have a new super petition and some new actions and language and information that you can share. I love and appreciate all of you. Go to standwithbre.com. Take care, everybody. Break it down. The break, the break, the break, the break, the break, the the break, the break, the break, the break, 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 break the